just to get started, so we have names of who's here. If you guys can just go around and just your name. If, if you want to say where you're from, some people are guarded and don't want to say where they're from. Uh, if you don't want to even introduce yourself, that's fine too. But if we just go around so we can get it on the camera so we have everybody's... Can we get the voice changer and the face pixelation? <laughs> That's a drug thing. <laughs> Matt, will you start? Yeah, sure. Matt Paglio, 27 truck in the Bronx. Thank you. Dave Gallagher, retired out of uh, Hebrides, Ohio. Eric Hankins, UBC, California. Battalion Chief. Ish. Ish. <laughs> uh, Mike Dugan, uh, retired captain at the NY. Mo Davis, Houston Fire Department. Steve Sangwood, also affordable drill towers. Michael O'Hare, he's fire from rescue. Perfect. Ray? Uh, Ray McCormick from New York. Mario Badillo, Houston Rescue 10. William Kelly, Houston Rescue 42. Danielle Wilson, Houston. Jeff Barker, Lelkin Fire. Uh, Richie Stack from Chicago. Aaron Heller from Hamilton, New Jersey. Chief. Dan McCauley, Austin Fire. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Um, so real quick, I just want to kind of open the conversation. Um, Steve, thanks for having us. Like I said, I found I, I found that this weekend really opened my eyes to your product and, and what it offers. Um, the versatility of it, but more importantly, what's based around the product, and that that's meaning not just the training aspect, but like we talked about, the relationships that are forged because of it. We went to two good departments in, uh, the last two days in Texas, and they demonstrated the need for the product and what it does for their departments. And I recognize that your friendship with those departments, and you're all in. You're all in on your product, and, uh, and that's no small. And to have these guys here this weekend was fantastic. Um, you know, Richie, maybe if you would start for me, I know you're kind of, you know, um, introverted, so you don't like to talk a lot, but um, <laughs> I was thinking on the truck end of things, um, maybe you could just talk about it, man. The props that we did, what you guys worked on, and we could just talk back and forth. Excuse me, Richie, I just want to say something. He read you like a two-page novel. <laughs> not sure his content's pertinent right now for what we're going with, but okay. Um, I'll be brutally honest, because that's me. Um, I thought, what the hell is affordable drill tower? Did a little research online, saw it, I go, can you swear in this thing? We're not supposed to swear. I need a little bit of that. If you swear or not, I'll try not to. I'll apologize now to the audience out there. Sorry to the Girl Scouts. <laughs> All right, so fuck it, here we go. Uh, point is, I looked up the website, I go, it's scaffolding. How the hell is this going to work? It was, you're not going to lie, it's very leery, very hesitant. Kind of more under the mindset of dealing with Connex cans or other facilities like that, thinking, what the hell are we going to do there? Um, was very leery. I saw on the website, okay, they can put a flat roof and a picture. Okay, so we can do some roof work. Awesome. How are we going to actually be able to ladder a building with tubes everywhere? Uh, how are you going to be able to do windows or anything along those lines? So speaking the trust truck aspect, I was hesitant. I thought, okay, I could probably do some lead outs upstairs and corners. Great. After getting there and working with the prop, I was surprised how versatile it really was and how ingenious people can be or affordable drill towers can be or instructors of, let's hang a piece of plywood here. Let's do some four by fours as you did to box out an opening and make a window. Um, we have a pitched roof and a flat roof on it. You can even probably put a force one through door somewhere if you wanted to or even in it. So though that was pretty unique that you can do all these different things and I'm sure you could probably change the configuration up for searching and how you want to even do that. So I thought it was pretty unique to, to being possibly a naysayer in the beginning that it kind of opened up my eyes for its versatility. Yeah, awesome. Eric, what did you think about the uh, engine company work? You and uh, Ray and um, <coughs> Jeff Park was a part of that and so on. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's it's nice. You know, you've got stairs to do stretches. Uh, you can put hallways in, so you can you can flow and you can show the water mapping. You can show, you know, your fire stream, all that good stuff. Um, the balconies for alternate stretches. There's just so many different possibilities when you're when you're doing engine work that you know you're it's limitless really you know you can change configuration up you can you can come up with different drills it's just a, a good a good way to get the folks on the hand lines and get some stretches done I mean that's ultimately what it is we too many times in fire schools and stuff like that you see guys stretching crossways in wide open parking lots yeah. and there's no obstacles and there's no corners and you know yeah. Anybody can do, be real good at that when you're walking 200 feet in a straight line. It's easy to chase kinks and everything else because there's there are none. So having having corners, having stuff that you have to to tend um, when you're advancing or making the initial stretch or anything like that, it's, it's great. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm you know the versatility is awesome, but I also want to talk about the whole weekend too, the experience, right? Well, I sat through your class. Um, I love the man. You're infectious. You're absolutely infectious. Um, you know, part of part of my 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 thing is, is like I come away from a weekend like this, and you guys, some of you have been doing this for a long time, but I still have to think that your batteries get recharged after a weekend like this. We're able to get away, turn everything off, and just be here with like-minded people, and I think. To me, man, that recharges me. Like, no, you know, I go back to the firehouse, I go back to my life, my wife and kids, and I'm fired up ready to go. I feel good. Well, Mo, talk about that a little bit, brother. Chief, you, you knocked it out of the park. <coughs> I love what we talked about. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, it's something I believe. It's something I buy into. And, you know, we talk this brotherhood stuff, but when it comes time to being in the brotherhood, oftentimes we don't do the brotherhood. And for me, just being with you guys was just like, I mean, it just, just kicked me in the gut in a good way. It's like, we just need to be better. You know, and I, I just think people need to take this training. No matter what kind of training you do, we just need to take it and run with it. We need to make our service better. We talk about making our service better. And we badmouth our service when it's not better. But it comes back to us. We're, we're the keys to surviving this. Because your administrations don't want us to survive. So it's going to be up to the firemen to survive it. And we've just got to push it forward. And that's what this weekend's for me. Yeah. It's, just, it's just great brotherhood. Yes. I think part of training is not just stretching lines and, and sitting through lectures. I think that you can learn from a group like this just sitting around having a beer. 100%. Right? And I think that's part of training too. You know, that kitchen table stuff. That kitchen table stuff, that's training. You know, you sit down and some of the, some of the best training comes from that conversation over a late night coffee or, or a Friday night beer with your buddy that's in the firehouse and you know, that's some of the best training you can get. I firmly believe that. Danny, what do you think about that, brother? I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, same thing, getting back to Moe's class. Uh, I told the chief yesterday, I said, that was one of the best classes I've ever sat through. And uh, it really did hit home. You know, some of the good stuff he said and some of the bad stuff that's actually going on in the fire service. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all true. Like you said, it's, it's up to us. And... You know, if we just sit back and allow this happen, uh, we're doing a disservice to the, not only the fire service in general, but to the citizens, to basically everyone, to sit back, watch all this happen, and watch it basically collapse. So, you know, getting out there, like you said, running with the training, um, getting out there, what you guys do, uh, like talking about the brotherhood, talking about how we can make people better. 
um, getting out there, doing the training, and being positive, and instead of, what's the point of putting a brother down? You know what I mean? Getting out there on social media, putting a brother down, or putting a department down, and instead of trying to help them, make them better, um, just help out each other. What I, what I find, just from going around the country and doing what we do, what I find is that, oh, my voice coming back. What I find is that, um, what I find is that the negativity is so much easier than the positivity. To pick somebody up is more work. And I think what we're losing is the fact that life, not even a firehouse, life, life is work. Life is hard work. To live a good life is hard work. People don't want to work. And I think at the firehouse, that's what's happening too. I think we're finding it's not work ethic, it's hard work. You know, you can have good work ethic, but if you're only doing 60%, you're not giving 100%. And I think people, I, I just, there's a disconnect with, with work. Everything takes work. Um, you guys being here, Steve coordinating this, hard work. You guys fitting it into your schedules to come down here for the one reason. You come down here to educate. You come down here to better. You guys are doing your part. I do my national fire radio. You guys teach. That is fantastic, man, because you guys recognize that, and I think that's important. Anybody want to hit on that? A little bit, you know, Dave. Maybe you can hop in on this. You've been teaching for a couple of years, you know. We're not sitting for me. Do what? <laughs> Dave's actually St. Florian's lieutenant. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Hey, old wow. Clark's his captain, so. Yeah. I think there's a, a couple different things to look at with this. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I hang out with these people, and I go back more motivated. The I've seen a lot of changes uh, in the fire service. And you and I were talking about some things the other night regarding there's people sitting around this table that the, I don't know, what would you call it, first generation firefighters now, the young bucks, they don't even know who these people are. Yeah. And they need to. They, they need to very much instead of just biting on the latest flashy stuff that's coming down the pipe. You've got a lot of people out there that have, have reinvented things, and, and some in a good way, because it need to be updated, et cetera, et cetera. But you've got some basics that just cannot be changed. And when you get to dedication, you get to motivation, you get for uh, self-improvement, things along that line, you got to know where it all just started. You know, we're, uh, we're certainly not fighting fire in uh, long duck coats and uh, three-quarter boots anymore. Damn it. Although it was really great, i got to tell you. Um, <laughs> but, and, and certainly things have changed. But you can't just, and, and Ray and I have been talking about this too, you can certainly take new information, new technical data, new scientific data, but you don't turn everything else out. Correct. You've got to figure out where it belongs. Can we use it to our advantage? Yeah, you know, it is this too far in this direction? But when you have people, and, and we talked about this a lot on the drive, they grab onto one thing, and they don't get off it, and then they wind up being a subject in Mo Davis's class. <laughs> so we, we've got to get this whole thing together and realize where this is going. I think, um, I think part of, you know where I stand on this, and I talk about it all the time, our content and so on, but. And that's why I believe, firmly believe that it's so important that the fire service, yes, the tradition, still needs to be 
ahead of the curve. We need to be on the latest platforms to get that message out there. We can't. I told Ray this the other day. Ray was looking at me. I just met Ray for the first time this weekend. And, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for it because Ray was one of those guys that I looked up to when I read growing up in fire service and, and, you know, and learning, you know, learning. And um, I said to Ray, I go, here's, here's my problem. In five years from now, Ray McCormick and Jeremy Dodge will walk into a firehouse. 90% of the people are going to know Jeremy Dodge, and they're not going to know Ray. And that's, and that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. But the reason being is we need to get the message of the OG. I call you guys the OG, man, like the original gangsters. I love it because, you know, you guys, you guys are the ones that laid a lot of the groundwork that I, as a firefighter, have learned and picked up and, and admire. And I know that. But the lineage of the training is falling apart. We don't know who mapped where we are today. You can talk about the latest and greatest. You know, I didn't know, um, Matt, you do that ladder drag, the one-man truck company. That was so cool. Dude, I don't have the whole story. Bob Swick. Bob Swick. Can we do I got it. I think Matt. So I just love OG do it in that area. Bobby, Bobby Swick is uh, one of my very best friends from back home. I've yeah. with him for a long time. He was a one-man truck for over 30 years, and he developed that out of need. Yep. Being able to do that. Um, he's influenced uh, millions. I, I mean, yeah. We've been, and we've been teaching that. He taught it with Champ at FDIC years right. ago, and, and it's everywhere. I think one of the things, who was I talking to? I forget who I was talking to yesterday about it. Might have been Kevin. Was what bothers me is why don't more people know that? Right? Why don't more people know the things that Richie Stack was showing? Absolutely. You know, and granted they're young, but they're out of probie school and whatnot else. This shouldn't be advanced techniques. This is firemanship stuff, you know, all day long. Why don't they know already what Richie's teaching about throwing a portable ladder? Why don't they know what Mike Dugan knows about doing a vendor search? I, I don't get it. Right. I, I don't get it. And a lot of it's that disconnect, right? But we now, more than ever, the senior man, the officers, the retired guys that have all these nuggets and knowledge. We need to we need to get that out. And the, the problem is, is that training conferences like this are great, but they're not constant. People need immediacy, they need to see it, right? If they seek an answer, when we go to a bar and get a trivia competition, it's not fun anymore. Because you're going to your phone to get the answer. Right. There's no conversation. We've we've limited our conversations. And so what I find is the OG, we need you more than ever. Where a guy in fire service 25, 30, 40 years, they typically want to slow down, right? They want to, hey, I, I did my time, man. Like, I'm just, I'm here if you need me. But we need them more than ever. But we need them to take that initiative to push what they know back into the business. You know, we can, that you're, <coughs> the one-man truck company, that ladder track's cool. I mean, there's a lot of value to it, right? And somebody can take that today, make a little twist on it, put it on Instagram, Facebook and claim it, and most of the kids out there are not going to know that where they, they think he's the original. And they have. That happens? That's all the time. All day. I feel like we talked about this. I mean, Mike talked about this. And it was about, I feel like a lot of the training has gotten away from actually teaching people techniques like this and, and actually how to put out fire. Mike was saying, you know, we do everything in the academy just to get certs. Right. You know, mm -hmm. making the EMT hazmat. Uh, you know, we're teaching uh, EEO 
right? We put so much influence on that and not about actually fighting fire. We've gotten away from it. So unless you're going to conferences like this, you're not getting that experience. And in, in that, I think that's where the whole thing is starting to slide sideways and it's been sliding. What's the mission? Yeah. What's the mission? What is our mission? Mo Davis leads right off with, what is our mission? Our mission is for them. That's gotten lost. I think that was one of the things Mo and I were discussing was when we went out to Portland, is that we had this group scenario that we did, and it was like defining the who. Like they were like, just t tell us about who them is. And we were, like it was a guy from Cherry Hill, myself, Mo, and then I, I forget where the guy was in the Midwest, and we all kind of looked at each other like, what the what are they talking about? <laughs> like, and I said, is this a problem? Like I said, yeah, and I didn't know is. where Mo was. So I was like, where is it? Like, Houston. I was like, do you guys not know who you're there for? He's like, no, we're well we're aware about that. that. Yeah. And but there's like, I think you're right. Like we need to get into the academies and try to start that whole discussion about who we're here for. I don't know if we parade victims of fires and then say like, hey, like, you know, I'm Robert Lee and this is my, you know, uh, my dog, and my my kid, and, and they were saved because. Somebody made a decision that they weren't going to do a survivability profile on my house. You know, do we do we oh, sit there and, and bring people in like that, or do we bring somebody in that says, "Hey, like, do we get the family from Polk County, Florida, and they come up and they say, this is my mother, and somebody decided to Snapchat my fire, and she's not and here. She's with five me. feet from the door and easily saw. Yeah, we don't know how many firefighters died last year, but very few of us know how many civilians lost their lives in right in fires. fires. So I, I think it's a valid does it, discussion. Does it, does it have to do with the fact that we're so wrapped up in ourselves? 100%. Absolutely. The, the, it, the focus has shifted. The light, it, the light has shifted about where the importance is. It's in the name. We're the fire service. Okay? Fire service. We are there for them. Awesome. We are there for the people. If your wife your husband, your mother, your father is trapped. Do you want them to do a survivability profile and figure out, could I get, you know, I might cut my finger on that glass on that window and I'm gonna have to go get a Band-Aid. Get in the fucking window, you coward, and rescue those people, okay? Do your fucking job. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. If you don't wanna do this, that's fine. McDonald's is hiring, okay? But do your job. The other thing, and I gotta take a little exception, we are not the OGs, okay? We are the old men. But there were OGs before us. Of course, of course, there are the people, they, there are the people yeah. who, but the thing about that is they trained us to be their replacements. They took the time to train us to make us good. We now have to get our people back into the training to train, because we're, I'm not gonna be around for much longer. Okay? It's just the way it is. It's natural. It's nature. Okay? I'm not going to be around that much longer. Somebody's going to take my place. I hope they're in this room right now. But you've got to step up and do it. You've got to do it. You've got to get involved and you've got to be a part of this. And, and, you have to raise your voice. That was coming. Let me jump in. Yeah, please. You know, we, we travel around the country putting up drill towers. We see a lot of different departments. We invite our videographers, our, our camera guys in to uh, capture some, some marketing footage. And we'll see, we'll see guys, young guys, and I'm talking 
early 20s. They've got the fancy mustache. <laughs> They're covered up in tattoos. They got the coolest shirt with the best slogan on it. It's roaring their porn. And then we yes. tell them to pull a ladder. And we watch them try to throw a simple 16-foot, 14-foot straight ladder to a window. And they're putting hooks down. They're, they can't do the simple, basic things. They talk about salty. All these new phrases, I say new phrases, and maybe I'm dating and aging myself. But, it, but everything now is about being salty. It's trying to grab things from yesteryear and make them relevant today. And it can be. But you can't be a fraud in doing that. Amen. You've got to put your money where your mouth is. You've got to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. That's one of the beauties of having you gentlemen here at the table. And it's, it's specifically why I reached out to you guys to, to be our instructor over this weekend. Because I, you could, I could find instructors a lot cheaper, a lot closer, and it could have saved thousands of dollars. I want guys and ladies that can talk the talk, walk the walk. And I hope whoever's watching that realizes it. It's not the tattoos, it's not the fancy mustache, it's not the, the cool slogan, tie-dye t-shirt that makes you a fireman, that makes you an instructor. It's, it's whether or not you can talk the talk. And you didn't learn your knowledge from YouTube. Right. You learned it from pulling hose, from pulling ceilings, from pulling people, making grabs. Okay, that's what makes it, so a little bit of a soapbox. No, 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 you're down. Go ahead, I, I, I think there's, and I, you can't blame it, but in our time, and you know, when I would appeal to Ray and Mike and Mo and, and you do those of me. I, a little long in the tooth, but do you remember, do you remember when you got in your senior man? Oh, absolutely. You, I mean, it's just like military. Yep. They remember their deeds, yeah. right? Yep. Or their first sergeant, you know, yeah. their, their first first sergeant, or whomever. The issue is now, when we went through, that senior man had gone to tons of fires, had intimate knowledge of the districts and this and that and the other. No fault of anybody's. You know, and, and he may have gone to, to 5,000 fires. Today, the senior man with 10 years may have gone to 5,000 calls, but 4,975 of them were metagrams. That senior man doesn't, is not that resource for that new lieutenant or for that young crew, just the way it works. So how do you, how do you solve that in law enforcement, military? If you're not going to war, what do you have to do? You have to make it realistic as possible to practice that, and we're getting away from the realism. Classification. Yeah. yeah, we are getting away from the realism. Well, it's a mixture of, of that, Dan, and then like, you know, I don't want to say bureaucrats, but people, you know, there's going to be training scars, and I think that's, we all say like, nobody should get hurt in training, and I totally agree. Nobody should get killed in training. Yeah, I get, I get it. But like we are in a dangerous profession. I think I was talking to you about the guys at work who were like, we need a tower ladder because it's not safe. Yep. And you're like, then you maybe shouldn't be in the fire department. Yep. <laughs> um, 
but yeah. like we have to get that experience out there. That's why I took so much value out of going down to Burning in a Bayou because it was real experience. And it was done in a safe manner with a great group of people. And I had just like, we have to do that. We've, we've made everything so simple. Uh, I talked about it, you know, different places everywhere. Uh, what they're doing in academies, we're keeping it simple. We're not making it difficult. Why? Well, you know, because what if someone gets hurt? You know, what if, what if they complain? They're afraid of people not being able to do their job and being exposed. It is what it is. You have to show that. We have to get back to that point. We need to do this. Forcing a door in 60 degrees sunny weather and you can see everything, what is that really helping? That might be a good base the first time you're ever gonna force a door. That's a good start. But six years later, you're doing the same thing. Who is that helping? No one. It's- The service to yourself. Exactly. We, we need to get back to that, that realistic training in, in the academy. Do we have to be burning down a triple decker or a hospital or something like that? No, but if we're forcing that door. It helps though. <laughs> it does, yeah, we, yeah. certainly yeah. does. Yeah. And we'd like to again. Um, yeah. but, but forcing that door under smoke conditions, under heat conditions, just at an academy, <coughs> that's going to make yourself better and that's going to help when you get out there on the fire ground. And I know uh, where Richie trains, and obviously, you know, know about that. And we go back to who are we serving? What time of day, jump in here, what time of day are civilian fire deaths? 11 to 7, at night. It's not 60 degrees at noon time, you know? When do we train? Well, 60 I like degrees the, at 2 I like the idea of the towel because it allowed, it's easy access for training. One of the biggest things for firehouse training is, all right, where are we going to go? It becomes this big production, you might need permission, yeah. all these things. This tower allows you to just step right outside of the firehouse and begin yeah. truck evolutions, engine evolutions, rescue evolutions, whatever it is you want to do, and you've gone over that big hurdle by having that there. And the versatility of the tower allows you to do multiple drills, like we would do in the engine drills. So we did standpipe, we did rope stretches, we were talking about different stretches, the location of the standpipe outlet, you could say it's a scissor stand. The stairway configuration is interesting in, in this tower that we we're using, but it can vary. And I tell you what, it just gives gives you opportunity to train. That's that's the biggest thing I see with it is uh, it's easy access. It's not a, a brick building that you can't see what's going on. So it also gives you the opportunity for observation, which I think is important, especially if you have an academy, whereas you know you you want to monitor what people are doing and. In a typical fire academy, that can be difficult because you can't see what's going on in the stairway uh, without being in people's way. Here you can, you have access points where you can put instructors or people that are monitoring what's going on. And uh, I just like it. It doesn't take up a lot of space, which is another good factor. And uh, it just opens up the opportunity for a company to get into a regular routine of training and falling back, get into a cycle of training. I mean, look, you can't give people fires, you know, whatever it is they get in their career, but uh, you can certainly make a company better by having training and having a facility for yourself is, is a great start.
and they get sets and reps. Right. And that's yep. how you get better. Yeah. You know, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. The ten thousand hours, the sets and reps. Okay, and you can do, you can do different evolutions. You can change it up any way you want. But you can also be doing two different things at the same time. Like in a fire situation, geez, you can have a truck and an engine on the staircase at the same time. Oh my God! No, that never happens in a fire, does it? Somebody might get hurt. Oh my God. Did you start your toe, Eric? I'm sorry. Okay. Can, can I also add to that about the, the setup? I mean, once it's built, it's put up, you can just go to work. You know, most of our drills takes us an hour to set up. You just go out there and you go to work. You take a ladder off the truck, you take a hose line off the truck, and you're working. It's set up. It's ready to go. So there's not, not all this downtime of having to, you know, plan it out, position stuff, go to the parking lot like you were talking about. Asking for you know approval, it's it's ready to go. Right, right. Yeah. I agree. To, to tag what Ray said, yeah. I agree. You can't give people fires, but they always have opportunity. And it was you know most places they go out to do their rig check, they'll put their arrow arrow up in the uh, sky, they'll spin it around once, mm -hmm. they'll they'll hit the firehouse, they'll hit the flagpole. You know what they won't do on the way back from a call? They won't stop. They won't pull over. They won't spot a building. Get out there and do it. Set yourself up. Get the reps in. Man, I think like the best chauffeurs that we have in my house. The first run, they treat it like it's a job. It might be a seal run, they're treating it like it's a job. They're setting that stick up to the roof and they're hitting multiple windows. They're treating it like it's a fire. And that the opportunity is always there. You just gotta get like a little fire up your ass. We need to uh, get out. And can I just yeah. say one thing on that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's great. And you know what? Who set that up? The senior, senior. man before them. Absolutely. The guy before right. passing down. This it's is good. what you do. And that's what the most important thing is. That senior person is setting the tone of that firehouse. I'm the show for a lot of 27. I'm telling you every day, I go out the first one of the day, I'm gonna take the rig out, I'm gonna set it up, I'm gonna practice. I'll do my rig check in the firehouse, but when I go out, I'm gonna put it under a load, I'm gonna stress it, I'm gonna talk to the roof man in the OV about what we're gonna do on this building. I'm having a little impromptu drill. The senior firefighter in that firehouse is setting the tone. And when you see that person, that's the person you want to grow up to be. That's who I wanted to grow up to be. The senior man in my company. And they were the ones, because again, we're passing down that stuff. And I think that's great. I think a big problem though, is the fact that most firehouses don't have a good senior guy anymore. Well then you gotta step up. Well, I don't care if you're I brand agree. new. I agree. I don't care if you're that's brand new. So, so we're talking senior man, and, and I'll get to other stuff I wanna, I wanna just bring up. but. Uh, I just sat in a class in Charleston, South Carolina, um, three days ago. Chris Losey. Los has 23 years, I think, in St. Lucie County, Florida, and never wanted to promote. Hasn't wanted to promote. He could. The guy's a tremendous instructor, tremendous fireman, very highly respected everywhere he goes, teaches FDIC the whole nine yards. He decided to do a little presentation on the importance of the senior man. And I, I sat through his presentation the other night. And he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. And that, there were like 50 people in the room. And the questions that started coming out, because I think where we are in the Northeast, I know for a fact where we are in the Northeast, there's a culture of the senior man. You know, it came from New York. It came from Philadelphia. It's right. come from Boston. Right. A lot of places don't have the culture of the senior man. And Los bringing it from Florida, that he gets it. And uh, I think that's going to be something that you'll see more and more. Of course, now that he's going to put it out there, so there'll be 40 other, yeah. 40 other smacked asses on YouTube <laughs> talking about the senior man and what they do and how they do it. And yeah, but uh, and I know he's doing that. He's going to refine the program, do it up for New England Fools in, in March. But so 
the senior man thing hits hard. Chief Moe's class that I sat in yesterday, you know, this is the cool thing about this weekend. Uh, one of the many cool things about this weekend. I got to meet somebody who I watched on YouTube give a speech to, to the residents of his city that was damn sure putting him in the chief's office when he got done <laughs> walking out the door. And all these people are going, Fuck yeah, I want to work for that guy. And I felt the exact same way. Now I got to meet him and listen to his class. And, and I know that I was listening to a fireman and not just some stuffed shirt chief because he stood there after working out, teaching in the, in the cold, stood there in his hoodie and his bunker pants and gave an entire presentation on what it should be. And, and I was thrilled to sit there. And, and somebody even put on their, on their Instagram or something yesterday about us sitting in classes. Well, that's what, the, that's what you're supposed to do. It doesn't matter if you have 12 years in or 30 years in. Or, we're learning, and, and for me this weekend, um, I was skeptical of the drill towers the very first time I saw it at FDIC. I was, I'm thinking, what can I do with this? You know, where's the realism? And the more I saw it, the more I understood that this offers so many opportunities, and it's cost effective for firefighters. You know, we have departments that say, oh, we got no money, we got no money. You can get grant money, you can find a way. This is not an expensive avenue at all compared to some of these other facilities. And yesterday, what, five evolutions going at one time yeah. and nobody banging into each other. And different, uh, not just five evolutions, but completely different things. Truck different ops. Tracks, yeah. yeah, total different we, tracks. We, we different. may have gotten the trucking wet. Well, there's that. <laughs> there was a little bit they didn't melt. But, you know, you're doing rope work from it. You're doing tech rescue work. How dare you? So you're doing all this great stuff in one location, at your firehouse or at your training center, at a cost-effective way, from a company who gives a shit, obviously, because, and it's not to, to blow smoke up Steve's ass, but the bottom line is, he put on this weekend, he brought in some seriously high quality people, put us all in that one room, and said, this is kind of my vision, make it happen for me. And he certainly didn't make any money by doing it, that's for sure, but he gave back to the fire service, and you know I can't say enough about it because I got to be in a room with people that I've heard their names and didn't know them. Right. You know, I mean, growing up, my first year at FDIC was 1997. I didn't own a training company. On-scene training didn't exist. I was a fireman that just wanted to learn. And I went to FDIC, and I met Gallagher, and I met Mike Dugan, and I met Ray McCormick. And you know what? They were great instructors then, and they didn't have the, the uh, I guess, the big push out into the national world. Social media. There, there was no social media back then. So you met them, and you found out these are salt-of-the-earth firemen. They just wanted to be better. And now here I am, luckily, you know, 25 years later, at the same table. And the things that I learned from Bob Swick in 1997 is when I learned that ladder drag. Yeah. And I've been teaching that ladder drag since 1997 to anybody that I ever teach anything about truck work to. But and, you mentioned his name. And I say, Bob Swick taught me this. And hey, by the way, if you go on YouTube and you want to see a, a truckie who gets it, write Bob Swick. VES grab on YouTube, and you will see him going in, putting pulling a baby out towards the very end of his career, basically by himself with a cop, making a grab on a baby who never would have lived had it not been for that man knowing how to throw those ladders the way he did it. And I mean, that is why we're here. That is what we do. And I've seen it on so many Facebook pages and Instagram pages. 
And I don't think these guys are trying to steal people's thunder. I think they're just trying to make a name for themselves and mm -hmm. maybe the integrity ain't what it should be. Mm -hmm. But I, I called a guy out on that recently and I tagged Bob Swick in it. I tagged Dave Gallagher in it because I said, I know those guys will get on there and say it. How about Champos? Oh my God. Um, yeah, but Kid, Kid puts a video up and uh, <coughs> it was, it was oh, exactly, we, oh, we, we tagged Champo. It was word for word. Kind of called, kind of called him out and what does the kid say? Oh no, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. Mike Champo, oh yeah. 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 But Back there was absolutely no mention of him. He's basically out there trying to say this is a new method and yeah. but, you know, but this is what we're doing. The bottom line is, a lot of the guys at this table and gals at this table have had the great opportunity to learn from the best. And whether we're considered at that level, listen, I have guys that trash on me. You work in a small suburban department. I do. I do. No question about it. It's not FDNY. It's not Philly. It's not Houston. We get our share of work, and we learn, and, we're, and we drill our asses off. Because the majority of the country comes from those departments. Yeah. You know? And, and, yeah, I mean, that's how it works. So um, it's about getting it from somebody, understanding it, perfecting it yourself, giving credit where credit's due, you know, I mean, that's what this is all about. And this weekend, it was it was just fantastic for me that I got to meet the Houston guys, because I didn't yeah. know them. I heard their names. Yeah. Didn't you know, know one of you. And, and um, I, I knew one Houston fireman before today, and uh, yeah. it was fantastic, so. I want to I wanna, I, I wanna expand great. on that. I, I'm a firm believer, you surround yourself with the people you want to be with. Absolutely. Surround yourself with people that pick you up. Surround yourself <laughs> when you when you run in those circles, I'm being here this weekend with all of you, humbled and and absolutely fired up to get back to my firehouse. Like that's what this is about. But when you surround yourself with people who are like-minded and everything else, you have to be sure that you have one or two of them around you that you have given full access to. We could call you out when you make a mistake because anybody, everybody in this table is going to raise their hand when I say who's made a mistake. And I have people that I. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I, have, I have people who I have And when you can put me aside and say, hey, you know, you're not doing what you tell us to do, you're not walking the walk. And I have screwed the pooch on numerous occasions in doing that. I opened up my mouth and I went off. I did things totally against my grain because I got emotional at a scene and it was not pretty. It was not pretty and I had to walk it back, apologize to people. Hard thing to do to say you're sorry. Also very, very hard to say you're wrong. <laughs> but when you are wrong, if you do not acknowledge it, you become the problem. Okay? And surround yourself with good people, but also give them access where they can, because if you insulate yourself in that ivory tower, you become what we all hate. And, and Cap, if I can get on that, man, that, that's fantastic, and I agree, but I think so often now, everybody is so guarded. We're not willing to let our guard down. We're not willing, like guys in the firehouse, I mean, they're guarded, they're, they're afraid to show you emotion. They're afraid to ask a question. A lot of these younger kids won't ask questions. I find in the firehouse, one of the senior guys in my house, I have to engage them more than they engage me. Well, they're, they're afraid to love the job. Yes, why is that bad? Why is that bad? I, I wish I had an exact answer for it, but even, even for love. departments that are steeped in tradition and stuff like that, it's, it's become that, 
I don't even know what you want to call it, but it's become that like stigma, like, oh, you love the job, where are you going? You're going to another conference, you're going to this, why are you going? Hey, Buffy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, because you care about the job, you know, so when, when that happened and where that divide started, I don't know, but, you know, trying to get to those guys, you know, hey, just come to this one thing, start off small, come to something local, do this, get into that crowd, try and do that, you know. That makes um, you wonder what they're scared of. I know. Screwing up. I think we're there's a part. I think there's a part here. We're not talking about. There's a part we're not talking about. I agree. We're here for them, right? We're also here for us. Okay. Go home. Look yourself in the mirror. Any firefighter across America, do you want you rescuing your family? If you even got to go, um, I don't know. <laughs> you better change your life and your style and what you're doing because or get out. I'm telling you, if my family is there. I want to rescue them, right? I want my skill to be that level, and I expect any fireman in my department that comes to my house to have the same attitude. So we're saying them, it's for them and us, and the us part, whether it's the barn boss or the senior man, same thing, whether it's the company officer or the chief of the department, it's leadership, it's leadership. And if your battalion chief doesn't train you, then you train your men. And if your officer doesn't train you, train yourself. And that's the leadership. There was a guy from our job, Dick Scheib, who was at the Our Lady's Angels Fire, and his phrase was, leave the job a little better for the next guy. And how true is that? If we did that by our example, in my opinion, I'm big on leadership, I'm big about the company officer, the role you play, or the chief officer, or the senior officer, the role you play. Set the pace, set the tone, set the stage. And that would feel, fix, I think, some of that. But you gotta step up and do it. And don't accept anything less. You can't do minimum standards and expect maximum results. That's just can't. I'll say one thing about I'm listening to everyone, but the culture, the culture of fire service then that we talk about that we would like to see now, society has, you know, is merited in the sense. We've kind of downplayed the role of a firefighter. And when I was a kid, you see a firefighter, everyone's excited. He comes in, he talks about what it was to be a firefighter. Everyone, he was a god. But nowadays, the society we live in, you got firemen who want to, you know, they want to change their, you know, who they are. I'm a man today, I'm a female tomorrow. All these things, and so the, now the administrations that we have are people that are chosen and put in place because of their popularity. And they're making these changes, and when we try to go against those changes, everyone's afraid of losing their livelihood. And so, those are changes that are being made also from higher up. So as uh, Chief Mo was saying, he goes against the grain and he tells it how it is and they're afraid of that. And so we have a lot of firemen who aren't doing that anymore, just based on what I've seen. And we were talking last night, uh, just being with you all here, we were just watching the training ourselves. As we were training, we said, hey, <laughs> these guys are awesome. No one was trying to be bigger than the other guy. Everyone say, hey, I'll help you. No, 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 I'm gonna help you, no. And everyone's working together, and we complement each other how we did it. And that made it fun, it made it exciting. And so I've been in the service 23 years, and to see that, it reminded me of when I was in the Marine Corps, you know, the brotherhood, you know. And so that was a true essence of brotherhood that I saw over the weekend. That meant a lot to me. Can I ask a question to the group? Yeah. How many of you, you watch what's that, Reno 9-11? Is there like a comedy show about the fire service or something like that? You guys was from Super Troopers? Or whatever, no, what's that? Or Tucson, I don't know, but talk about it. Chicago Fire, is that good for the fire service? Maybe. 
Was ladder 49? Yeah, maybe. Was backdraft? Maybe. Tower and Throne? Maybe. Um, was, um, what was the one with uh, Dennis Leary? Rescue. 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 Was that good for us, for our image? No. The Three Stooges? I love the Three Stooges. But when their fire truck goof around, can't get their shit on, what does that make us look like, right? You have to honor that patch, right? The globe and anchor for the Marines, that Maltese cross is our symbol, is our image. And when you watch these shows, you laugh on I hate those stupid shows that make us look like jackasses. A show that makes your job look good, whether it's hyped up or not, great, but it makes you look like a professional fire service or the good things do, I think those are good shows. And we should be bitching and screaming when the stupid comedy show comes up and showing we're dumb, stupid firemen or the antics or the jokes because it doesn't help us, doesn't help our profession. And these kids today, social media world, TV, and they watch that stuff, and I think they suck. Can I say something that kind of tags onto that, Richie? Yeah. It's social media. It's called social media. The firehouse now, we see people all the time on their phones. They're sitting around. We're not communicating as brothers and sisters in the firehouse like we used to. Back in the day, when I came on, there were no cell phones. You had the, the pay phone in the uh, hallway to call your wife at night or your husband or whatever else. That was it. There were no, if you got a phone call in the middle of the night, there was something going on. There was a problem. That was bad. Okay. It was bad. Now we got people in their own individual bunk rooms on phones and computers and everything else. We don't even sit and talk at the meals together. It used to be the meal was the central part of the firehouse. The company drill was the central part of the firehouse. We sat and we talked. We found out, how's your wife? How's your daughter? What's going on with your family? How's your life? Yeah. Where does everything get solved by each other? Right, right, exactly. You know what we're being taught. We have to get back to that when we communicate with each other, when we are family, because the firehouse is our second family. And put down the phones. Don't bring them into the kitchen. Leave them in your lockers, whatever else. Understand if you know you're gonna have your wife's gonna have a baby, something's going on medically, that's fine. But for 99% of the time, we don't need that thing when we're with us. Don't do it. Go in there and talk to people. Find out what's going on in their lives. How the fire services and be a true brother or sister. Cap, just uh, just to ask you a question. When you were in the firehouse, when you went to work, everything else got turned off. Meaning life. You didn't bring in, you know, your second job, your third wife. Your, your, <laughs> I, I'm not you, just in general, right? No, I understand. Right. You didn't bring your third wife. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you already retired by that. The team, the company, whatever you want to call it, and me. It's what your job is. You're in the fire service. It's service. It's the company, what we're doing. Engine one, ladder two, rescue one, medic one, whatever your job is. You've got to prepare for that job that day, what you're doing. <coughs> it's the mission. Now it's the team. If somebody's having problems at home, has a sick husband, a sick wife, a sick child, that's going to change the team. 
And then you. If you're not spending time on that day, that firehouse, when you have time getting better at what you're doing, you're doing yourself and everybody deserves. So it's always about the mission is always first. The team is always second and they're always above you. And you are the last one. But as you get better, they get better and you raise them up. Unfortunately, to touch upon kind of what you were saying, Jeremy, unfortunately, probably every single person's department across this table right now, there's at least one person, probably more, that what are they worried about? That second job. They're more worried about getting there. They're not focused and they're trying to, what's the right word? They're trying to just get past that 24-hour shift. Getting by. Yeah, they're just getting. They're by. getting by. They're there, sure. but their mind's not fully there, and they don't want to have any yeah, runs during the night because they got a big job on the side yeah, hustle tomorrow. Yeah, it's an inconvenience to come to work. They yeah, show up exactly. late. Exactly. Hey, I, I, watch, I watch the supervisor sitting there doing invoices during a regular day. But but it goes back to all the stuff we're talking about here: the prep, the reps, and all that, and like Ray. And all of us have been working with this thing. This is a great opportunity for some place to start to make the drill the center of attention. Yeah. Let's get out and do this. You know, up what time does it get dark? Five. All right, so we go out at six o'clock, six thirty, seven o'clock. You know, we clean up after chow. You go out, now we're throwing ladders in the dark. It's a whole different dynamic. And all it took was an hour and a half later. Getting them the right way. Yep. So, so here's here's one of the things. As I sit here and I listen, and and again, we've got all parts of the country represented. We've got all age groups represented. You know, I mean, from from Danny having what you got what ten years in, yeah. right? To guys with forty years in and more, um, and from varying departments. We've. We've kind of addressed all the things that we see, not all because we'd be here for a month, but all the things that we see wrong in the job, things that we need to correct, things that could be better. But man, sometimes we forget our glass ain't half empty. This, the fire service isn't as shitty as some people portray it to be for their own benefit to sell classes, to sell equipment, to sell gear, to, to pump themselves up on Instagram or Facebook, you know. Um, my glass is half full, and, and I know for a fact that, that this has been the greatest blessing of my life, other than my children, is that I've had a 30-year so far career, and knock on whatever this is, there's quite a few more years left of it, that I've gotten to do what I love, that I've gotten to train with some of the greatest firemen in the world, that I get to sit at a table like this, and no, not everybody gets to sit at this table, but everybody's welcome at this table. Sure. The two-year kid... The 30-year guy, the guy who runs three runs a year in Podunk, you know, Iowa or whatever, or the guy from the FDNY, everybody's welcome at the table because there's so much good that they can give us and we can give them, and you see it. You know, I learned, I, I probably should preface this, but I learned an awful lot in those first few years going to conferences and paying for myself to go. And, you know, I went to IFSI when I was a kid, and Bobby Hoff, and those guys, I took a survival class. It was in the beginning of their survival stuff in the early 90s. And I sat there thinking to myself, holy shit, how do you get this good? And after the class, and I, I don't even know if Bobby would remember me, but after the class, I said to him, you know, this is where I'm at, this is where I work, this is what my goals are. You know, I can't imagine getting to your level. 
And he says, get to your level. You're going to be fine. You're going to do just fine. And um, I don't know, several years later, many, many years later, I got called by the IFSI to help with their engine program. And I was blown away to think I get to go there and work with some of those guys who I looked at and went, you know, I mean, you know how long ago it was Don Hayden was a lieutenant. So, <laughs> you know, one of the greats was a lieutenant. So, um, Aaron, you want to talk about greatness? I saw this weekend. There was motivated kids. One kid had a notebook. Yes. 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 And apologizes. We're trying to pull over the next thing, and he's shouting. He's, oh, I'm sorry. Right. I just want to take. I said, take your time. Yep. One of the greatest things uh, I yep. saw. Yep. There was guys doing lunch, pulling us aside. Yep. I went out you know, with, and the one kid wanted to throw ladders after the lunch, but we just each out real quick. Went outside. He just wanted to get the reps in. Yep. That's awesome. That's yep. what I, you know. And that, that's, and that's, that's what we've the got. It's not as it's not as fucked up as we all think at times. We get in that. We so get in that. Harp on that. Yeah, we um, get in that. God damn, this part sucks. This part sucks. Yeah. The negative comes up. It always. But man, it, it shouldn't that way because the, the good should rise. And you know, when we went down the bayou, and Steve was with us, you know, and and helped uh, sponsor our burning in the bayou from on scene. We got to burn a, a hospital, which that's pretty crazy shit, and it was cool. And, and I thank you for saying it was done safely, because it was pretty much done safely. <laughs> and uh, nobody got hurt, so that was the key. But the bottom line was the same thing. We had firefighters from all over showed up, and they just wanted to get better, and they were picking brains, man. Whether we were sitting around the pool at the hotel at night, and we have a great example. There's a kid named um, Chris Brown from St. Augustine, Texas. Right? St. Augustine. St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Whatever the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. With a Yankee I'm accent. Sorry. It's this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> roof. Finally, Barker finally started talking. But wow. But this guy, this guy came to the training, right? He and they're a very little small department, right? They they get lots of runs when a tornado comes through. That's about it. And uh, this kid, he just was digging it and working so hard at it. And if I hadn't told the guys there, you probably wouldn't have known. The dude lost his leg in a motorcycle accident years and years ago. And, you know, he, he comes from a poor department. They could barely pay for it. I don't know if they paid out of their own pocket. But he maximized every bit of his time with all of us. And I look at a guy like that, and I'm thinking, the fire service ain't so bad. Uh, it ain't you're, so you're bad. You're right, Aaron. And, and to build off of that, it happened the last time we did the the affordable drill towers class outside of Houston with Mike and Ray and the, and the Houston guys and Dave. But it happened again this weekend. We had guys from San Antonio Department. Okay, that's a decent sized sure. urban department. Sure. They came out on their own. Mm -hmm. Now the, the department wound up stepping up after the fact and, and, and took care of everything for them. But, these are guys in, in urban departments. And then we also had guys in smaller departments, like you said, one-horse towns, that paid out of their own money. It happened last year when we did it, and I took their checks at the end of the class and, and ripped them up. And said, don't worry about it, because in, in, in my mind, if you're willing to step up and learn on your own, take time away from your family, money out of your pocket, travel from God knows where, to be a better fireman, that's what this whole company is about. That's what we want to see. So there, there, there are a lot of people like that, and God bless them.
I, I saw a really good bit of uh, positivity this weekend on that tower as I was looking over the side at the students and some of the, uh, the best students I saw out there are sitting at this table right here. And that is the key. If you stop learning, you put yourself in a box and now you're gonna teach the upcoming people that box and they don't reach outside of it, they're stuck. Right. But while we were hanging off those ropes and doing things on that tower, I could look over and see y'all teaching and learning. And even the new people that aren't stuck in that box, sometimes they do something in their struggle that just makes more sense than what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't keep your, your mind open, if you don't keep your mind open to that, you'll miss it. And you won't be able to spread that next best thing to the next group. And I had the best view in the house of it. <laughs> you know, it's a humbling profession. When you think you've seen everything, you think you've done everything, it's going to bite you. And, and I, th I think we talked, and I don't even take much time, but we talked about VES punching a hole in the, in the cell. I never heard of that. I did not. But I never heard of that until this week. I'm going to take that back, mm -hmm. and I'm going to start oh. doing that. Yep. And um, that, that one little thing might, might save us or might save somebody that, that we know we care about. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. And I think we should put that to everybody. We should always be a student of this profession. Absolutely. I'm going to take on that for just one second because it's something that I believe wholeheartedly. If you know something and keep it to yourself, it benefits no one. You're an asshole. If you share it, it benefits the entire fire service. Yeah. Take everything you know and pass it on because everybody should know what you know, and that's gonna kick, because a wise man learns from experience. A wiser man learns from the experience of others. I don't get quite, any, ever, anyone here not learned something this weekend? I learned a couple of things this uh, weekend. Lunch lunch. Lunch. Yeah. I learned a ton, I learned a ton. I just wanna to say too, like one of the cool things about the weekend, and uh, if we talk about coming out to the training and making ourselves better, but it's also like the humility that we all have. I mean, watching, Watching Kevin get up and talk about the Joey D Foundation oh, yeah. and laying that groundwork, mm -hmm. and yeah. like just, I, I can't, you know, I mean, I, I think every, every one of us here, I was just like, wow, like, this is some real, <clears throat> real stuff. Yeah. And, but like, for him to have the courage to get up and, and share that story with that, all of us and to share that story with the students, like, that was an amazing moment for, at least for me. Oh, I, think, I think it affected yeah. all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a dry eye. Yeah. Got a little clever. Yeah. 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 No, and then we talked earlier about that emotion. I'm an Irishman. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Sure. I had a tear in my eye thinking about Joey. Sure. I mean, it, he was one of my good friends. And he was just a good guy, and his dad was the best chief I ever worked for. And, you know, thinking about this, if you're not emotional, then you're fucking dead. I didn't know Joey. I, I probably shouldn't even call him Joey. I didn't know him at all, but... Oh, no, I know. Met Kevin. Kevin. Well, yeah. I met, oh, yeah. met Kevin this weekend and got up to talk about it. And I like to watch people. You know, I like to read things, situations, scenarios. Sometimes just to jack people up. Other times to learn. <laughs> but in this year, I was watching Kevin talk and didn't know how emotional it would be for him or not. Never heard his story. Never heard right. him talk. He had a red splotch. Yeah. All red. You could tell the emotion just by looking at it. If you ever read people when they speak, how they speak, how they, <clears> then. Your tone of voice changes, and you can then you do evidently from that. Even subtle hints for real experienced, tough, good guys that how heartfelt that was, how much emotion was there. And I gotta say, Steve, you're a jackoff. You have us all come out, you tear up these guys' checks, you give to the foundation. Um, phenomenal guy, dude. That was a compliment, technically, but phenomenal guy, phenomenal weekend, and um.
awesome, dude. It, yeah. It's it's going to a good cause. I mean, the Joey D Foundation is making the fire service better. They're doing it in Joey's name, in Joey's memory, and they're they're giving grants out to the fire service for escape devices. They're doing a good thing. Look, we're you know affordable drill towers. We're we're in business. We're a for-profit company, okay. But my livelihood doesn't depend on this. So as much as we can give back to the fire service is what we want to do. And that's why I don't, I don't shed a tear when I pay for dinner. I don't shed a tear when I buy beers. I don't shed a tear when I take the, the registration and, and make a donation to the Joey D Foundation because it's what it's about. Well, it tells the quality of person you are. We'll leave it at that. Good man. These these still filming or are we on a break? No, we're good. These, these, these students though. Can you break? No, no, no. I just want to ask a question. Okay. I want to ask Danielle what she learned this weekend. Speak loud. Come on. Come on. I'm gonna I am gonna be all over you if you tease me. Throw something. <laughs> Somebody said, they, they told them, hey, you hit the lottery, and you didn't even realize you hit the lottery. These are opportunities that now, I'm sure that, that night they went back and they started searching who these people are and going, holy shit. Like, wow, they've got some, you know, it, it's not about the medals on the chest. It's about what you've truly done and can bring. And that's what this weekend did. It absolutely did. I mean, think of all the, the rope experience these guys have that they were able to transfer to the students who wanted it, you know? The, it's, it's, it's not measurable, it's just not. And I, I tell you, all the years I've been doing training and my on-scene stuff and all that, that's been the whole goal of all the guys. And, and they all bought in, it's just like this weekend. Everybody bought into that vision that you brought to it, Steve, and you can't ask for more than that. And it's, it's, and it's not about these guys who create little training groups and little training companies that just pop up and are doing that it for happens. their no and are doing it for their egos and are feeding bullshit that they really don't know or that they learn from Ray's videos or that they learn from Champo's videos or whatever because they're out there. These are the guys that are vetted. They learn it. They want it. They take it back to the firehouse and guarantee they're going to drill on it. You know, one way or another. And and 
you know, hopefully they're going to, for Steve, not that he needs it, but hopefully they're going to go back to their region and say, man, that drill tower provided us options. I, I'm going to do that. I'm going back. I get promoted in a couple weeks. I actually might have a little voice now. And I'm going to tell the guys, listen, when we're looking to upgrade, we can, we can utilize this for a smidgen of our budget. We should think about it. No else, no else won the lottery? We did. Thank Absolutely. you, man. Absolutely. We won live. I got to teach with you. I haven't got to teach with you. Um, got to talk to you more on a personal level, Ray. Got to see Eric do his old stuff, his alternative lead out stretches. Always great to hear. Um, Matt, uh, Danny record, doing his stuff. What's that? Which, for the record, I learned from him like, <laughs> 20 years right. ago. So. Well, like, I got to meet all you people from, from Houston. Awesome. You know what I mean? If we wouldn't ever met all quality, top notch. So I feel like I won the lottery. I think we all did. That's another think, great part for us. I think we're always learning from each other. You know, Richie said something. He was talking to some students. And afterwards, I thought he had made a mistake. He was talking about ground ladders. And, uh, you know, he mentioned like a 38. And after I'm like, 28? And he's like, no, 38. I'm like, what the fuck is a 38? You know? Three but I had taller than a 35. <laughs> But I had never heard of it, so we, we had that conversation, and I learned that. You know, it's certain ladder companies in his city carry it, and that was like a point. You know, we talked about it for five minutes, and, you know, we're always learning from each other. I think one of the nice things about, uh, for the instructors in the room, that they bring to a class or a hands-on, obviously a core of the basics, but usually with some sort of twist that's... Uh, they put in this time to figure out maybe some shortcuts or tips or something that'll help a student learn it better or faster or, or whatever it might be. And I think that's a part that's missing in academies is they are very structured, very rigid, and the other half of that is there's very little professional development for firefighters. In other words, they come out of the academy, they go to their firehouses, do a 20-year career, and they're never offered an opportunity to seek out other educational events. So, yes, yeah, some, some may want to, and we get those as students, we get those people as students, but we're not getting more there's, of those yeah, people. There's, there's not sign-ups or lists going out like, hey, And departments do don't want to bring people in that may give an influence that is outside the confines of their rigid instruction. So that's sort of like a catch-22, but I also think that departments should look into professional development for firefighters. It's kind of crazy that, you know, there are courses that we have to take every year that are mandated, and yet there are refreshes we really should have yeah. uh, that, are, that impact our life on the fire ground, and we don't have those. Yeah, you're doing EMS credits. Yeah, you're doing EMS credits, and we're talking pros. about what pronouns to use. I agree, and I think anybody can uh, sit in front of a computer screen and do their CEs. But like Ray was just saying, uh, development in all levels, I can speak for my fire department. The officer side, there is none. Right, Bo? So, and that filters down to what? Now you train your guys to be at your level and uh, to basically take your place. That doesn't happen in our department, and it, I see it in a lot of places. I also see a lot of places that they have this incredible program that have ride-alongs that have this, this, and that. It's like, wow, the city next door to ours in Missouri City, they have a wonderful uh, program for their, for their chauffeurs. 
and then they get they have to get signed off on all these different things and do all these different scenari scenarios. Officers, same way, going all the way up. Firemen, Houston, sorry guys, we we're stuck in a rut there where they don't they we need to seek outside training, and this is a great opportunity. That's why like affordable drill towers. It's, it's in it's in the name, affordable. It affords you multiple training venues, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. I just think it needs to happen. Development, one hundred percent. This drill tower is a, a training playground, and there's untapped real estate. That that first level yeah. can be built out. Oh, that, that first level, yeah. if you do a smoke divers course in there, you could you could suspend plywood at, at different elevations and, and send people in in a structural collapse to do measurements and build out your your spot shores stuff where you change those variables every time instead of training in the same. Scenario. We just and scratched the surface with that. Yeah, there's so much. You can't look at it and not just just want to play on it. Right. And then do stuff. You know, rapid intervention stuff, self survival stuff, all the way over there. And something Aaron said, you know, things that aren't measurable just because of the vastness. But doing this, what everybody here was doing this weekend with something like this, may not be measurable, but it's immediately usable. Mm -hmm. And you, again, you can make it whatever you want. I thought about this, one of the things I thought about is I saw the, and we had the, uh, the door inside. I think one of the things you could do is have that forcible entry door <coughs> right out there by the staircase. Okay. And you gotta force the door to get into the affordable drill tower. Yeah, you're talking and, about that. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's like, okay, now we're changing it. We're making it up. We can put a, a blockage here. We can put something we can change and see what's going on. We can take stair treads out and make it a vacant building where you're climbing up. How are you going to get up these staircases? What are you going to do here? There are so many variables you can do on this thing. And again, it's, it's only limited your imagination. Yeah. And we were talking about this and you know, all the stuff I was listening to, to Richie talk about. And I've heard a term, you know, we've all heard the term situational awareness, situational awareness. Yeah, all right, so you're aware of what's going on. Where are we getting the situational knowledge to deal with the problem? We've got company officers, some that have maybe been to a fire a year, and they're expected to take crews in in immediately dangerous situations. Using this, just like Mike was talking about, we're so used to forcing the people <coughs> stretching the line, what happens when you can't do that? We've got to start giving them a menu to put back here. Their little Rolodex. I think Mo is talking about that. Man, oh, oh, this isn't working. Instead of going, oh, what do I do? Well, I don't know exactly what we do. We practiced this the other day. You know, we forced the door, but we couldn't get in. Now we have to look at using the hose outside and start putting all this together to make an entire yeah, action plan. We, uh, Freddie Morris, uh, retired deputy chief at Hackensack, New Jersey, Steve Kalman. Uh, great guy, he's been on our show before, very knowledgeable, he teaches. So we had him on the show, <clears throat> we're sitting down talking with him, and he said, today's fire service is now training-based, not experience-based. Yeah. And, and I think that sums it up, like, really, really well as to what today is, right? So to, to jump on where you're going with that is, because we're training-based, because we're more training-based and experience-based these days, the importance of having a tower like this that yes. allows you unlimited variations of what you want to do, how you want to present, what you want to talk about, how you want to train. I think it's huge. And also, too, is 
we have to find a way to ignite the desire to train. And events like this, sitting around, I can't wait to put this out and let people listen to this this room. There's a lot of talent in here. And this this conversation. Talents you don't even know about. Nor do we want to. <laughs> This type, of, this type of thing to me would be valuable on the training circuit. This type of thing with an audience where you can get ladies and gentlemen with experience and pedigree that have the ability to talk, I would love to see this on a bigger stage because I think you can get questions and answers. I think that would ignite and spark a desire for people to come in because I get messages every single day on our Instagram and Facebook about these kids that want to do more but they're held back in a small rural department. I'm in a department with 30 guys. All the officers have been chiefs for 15, 20, 30 years. They don't want to, they don't want us to push harder. They same thing, same way. way. Right. They're afraid to show up though. That's the reason why they're scared. They don't want to be, yeah. oh, they don't want the younger kid coming in there and showing them something because they had that fear. You know what? I would love a younger guy to show them something. I took so much from this weekend from not only the guys in this world, the girls in this room, but also the students. Yeah. And that's, you know, whether it's, just to, you know, that drive, but it's also something that everyone can pass along something in some way. Right. That's really what it comes in. Hey, can I add something? Back about the tower I was thinking earlier when we were talking about training. You don't have to have a lot of room. You don't have to have a 48 <coughs> place. Yeah. No. You've yeah. got an entire parking lot facility that you put in a parking lot of a fire station. Sir. And it's it's endless on what you can do. Yeah. Now you've got a high rise there. You've got, you know, rescue. And, and we you can basically put this up in the back of a fire station. And you guys in the city, I'm sure you have a lot, a lot worse issues than I than I do on the space. But they you, might you put it on the roof. Yeah, but legitimately, <laughs> the roof. you you can take the back of the parking lot, and you don't take away your parking spaces, and you've got an entire training facility. Yeah, you don't have to travel somewhere to train. Stephen, I can recommend one thing with the training tower: maybe a hydration station. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's on the garden leg. To the left. <laughs> hey, Steve, I had a question for you about your tower. How affordable is it? Like, say we want to do a four-day training event in our area. Is that something where you can come out, we can do a four-day sponsored training event, put it up? I mean, that even something to look at? Or what it's, are thoughts there? It's not very cost-effective to move it. Okay. It, it's, uh, and, and, you know, you're talking like what we were using over the weekend at, mm -hmm. at Bastrop County ESD2 and uh, Williamson County ESD3. Those two drill towers are about 30,000 pounds a piece. Okay. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of departments that have purchased drill towers that in their five, 10 year plan is to develop a fire training field. But they don't want to wait until they have that fire training field. They want something right now. So they bought it and just like Chief Mo said, it's in their, it's in their parking lot. And they train on it. They use it. They don't you know, have to drive somewhere. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have get to put companies out of service. Do they don't have to get back-ins. They don't have to pay overtime for coverage. They go out. They walk out the back door and go to work. So, if if it's something, you know, to, to your point, Richie, where you're talking about setting it up and in a few years moving it to a training field, makes sense. To do it and 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 let's say you got five stations in your district and you're gonna move it every three months. It'd be cheaper in the long run by five, by five of them. Yeah. Anything else, guys? I mean, this has been um, just an incredible experience. We've been going for about an hour, hour and twenty now. But um, 
you know, thank you. Um, thank you to Steve for having us all. Thank you. Um, what a great opportunity, and I'm, I'm fired up. I, I'm humbled to be here to be a part of this group, but also to see the mutual respect and brother and sisterhood that went on this weekend. Um, it's hard to even put into words how that impacts myself and all of you, I'm sure. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for trusting us with this today and sharing your feelings and talking with us. Um, and Steve, thank you for putting this all together. I mean, what a great opportunity. And I really look forward to more of this. Um, I think I think roundtables like this do a lot of good. And I think we need to get this out. We need to educate everyone from young to old in the fire service that this is what it's about. You know, the back and forth and the camaraderie and why this job is still good and why it's okay to be into this job. I think that's important. Don't be on it. Be into it. Yeah, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank all of you guys for coming down, participating in the training, sharing your knowledge with everybody that attended. Um, thanks for dealing with the schedule. Uh, that was fun. I think it worked out to the students' benefit because the students were able to get a lot more bang for their big $75 price tags. So I think, I think, and I hope that they walked away with a lot. And I, I think they did. Hope you guys are walking away with a lot. Um, a, a, a quick shout out to Siddons, Martin, uh, Pat Siddons, and, and uh, Leon Martin, apparatus of Pierce uh, dealer for, for bringing out that 107 uh, to Bastrop. Um, a shout out to, uh, to Chief Josh Gill, and, and how about Captain Chris Lively, man, over at Bastrop County, oh, yeah, too. Man, I he, think he's still probably out there doing stuff. You know? Oh, I guarantee yeah. he's building a training prop somewhere, man. That's amazing. Um, and, and, and Jay and, and his <laughs> wife, assistant chief. But yeah, best barbecue, so thanks to them. Great great great. Lunch. Yeah, uh, Chief, Chief Scott Kerwood and uh, Assistant Chief Rob Bocanegra and their crews at Williamson County ESD3 for their hospitality, allowing us to uh, muddy up their concrete slab a little bit um, and, and leave some particles of OSB on the ground. We appreciate that. And I appreciate Rob, you, and, and, and Jeremy for, for coming down and, and doing this as well. Awesome. So thanks to all of you guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Awesome. That's a wrap. Thank Jeremy, you. National Fire Radio. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Bagley, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs>